I don't think that's what our founding fathers intended. I think that when they set up representative government, they expected people like you, the, the two of you as senators and representatives of citizens to actually be the ones sitting at the head of the table and making those decisions. Any thoughts on that? Oh, I think you're spot on. I mean, can you imagine if we only allowed accountants to decide tax policy or, or nurses to decide healthcare policy? I mean, it would be- or, or, or lawyers decide our laws. Oh, wait a minute, we do that already. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Exactly, that's exactly right. So I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, this is a representative government and we should, you know, we, we were elected to do, um, by someone who trusts us in the job, so therefore we certainly do deserve a seat at the table, at the head of the table, mind you. Um, as we create policy. So I, I definitely agree with you, it's fun. Yeah, our job is to listen to constituents, to listen to businesses, to listen to the needs of the community, and then respond to that. And if, if government... Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential. And here's your host, Jeff Crank. Hey, welcome to another episode of American Potential. Thanks for being with us. Look, a lot of families are dealing with daycare, families that have working parents that need someone to watch over their children while they go to work, and they have a few options to pick from. Now, more and more families face the struggle of finding quality daycare for their children. Families can choose to have a family member watch their their child. They could also choose to do in-home care where the child goes to a person's house or the person comes to the family's home. Now, the last option for families is to try and find a daycare facility. But as most parents know, daycare costs have gone up to the point that for some families, it's equivalent to another monthly housing payment. What a growing struggle for Americans' families. Uh, in addition, for some parents, it's difficult just trying to get your child into a daycare because some facilities have a very long waiting list and it can take months or years before a spot has opened up. Now, in Kansas, there are two state senators trying to clear out government imposed barriers to quality accessible childcare. They're trying to get rid of some government red tape to help families and childcare Providers. And I want to welcome Kansas State Senator Kirsten O'Shea and Kansas State Senator Chase Blasey to the podcast. Good morning, Senator. Senator, how are you both? Good. Great. Good. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah. You great. Well, this is, this is really an interesting topic. And it's one that, as I mentioned, more and more people, uh, you know, continue to have to deal with. There's more, more and more working families with two parents having to work. And as I mentioned, there are some that this is a cost that is equal to the price of a of their mortgage in in many cases. So talk about uh, why this is an issue that each of you wanted to take on. Sure, I'll start. I've got a two year old and then one on the way. And we had an aunt that watched baby during the first year. All of a sudden we were in need of child care. And I thought, I'm well connected. This is going to be really easy. I'm going to find some place. And it took us a long time to find a place that even had an opening, uh, regardless of pay, right? At some point, you're like, we're willing to pay whatever. There just wasn't any openings. And so we spent a lot of time, you know, having neighbors help and the baby would come with me to some meetings and um, finally found a spot. But that that wait list 
issue is is huge for everyone. So I just feel like it's an issue I've been living, um, and that's what interested me in trying to help solve it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Jeff. You know, this is an issue that is uh, very real for many young American families, and it just happens that we're just two uh, young people in the in the legislative process who live this live this every day, and we have friends and family who also live the challenges of finding uh, daycare, affordable daycare. And so my wife and I, we've been blessed with three wonderful kids, two of which are adopted. And so when we adopted our second son, you know, we had to find daycare immediately. We didn't get the traditional nine month waiting period for the kid to arrive. We got a call, I had to go pick up our child and we had to find daycare immediately. We both are working uh, parents and, you know, we called nearly a dozen places locally around us trying to get a daycare and the waiting lists were up to two years. And it kind of really made me pause and think, you know, what, what is the reason? Why is, why is that? Why do you have to wait so long to get childcare? So having dived into the issue, Senator O'Shea and I, we really found um, in some ways, Kansas is a big problem is because of the government. The government has put hundreds of providers out of business in the last five years due to over uh, burdensome regulations. And so we've been really trying to uh, tackle that issue and really remove barriers so we can have more childcare um, spots open and which they're create more slots, which would then drive down costs. I mean, Kansas, I think, is about $12,000 for one kid per year for childcare on average. And so, you know, that is that is a lot, especially if you have more than one kid. The average Kansas uh, family might as well have one parent stay home from work, and, um, which every family's got to decide what's best for themselves. But what we ultimately don't want is the government being the problem. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this is what I actually love about state legislators uh, sometimes and state legis- legislatures is a lot of times these are problems that are brought to you by constituents. But it sounds like in, in your case, in each of your cases, this is something that you each deal with personally, uh, Senator Blasey. Yeah, you know, uh, just for example, you know, we, we've had to wait um, months or sorry, weeks to get on sorry, years to get on the waiting list. And so we had to make arrangements, whether asking for a family member to help or asking for, um, you know, a neighbor, which in Kansas, it's now illegal to ask anybody to watch your children that are not a family member, uh, which is unreal uh, to believe that. But yes, it's against the law for anybody to watch your, your, family, your child for more than 20 hours in a week if they're not related to you. And that's a new law that was passed just a few years ago before we got here. That's incredible. Senator O'Shea, do you, any thoughts on that? I mean, this is obviously something you've taken on because it's personal, but to tell me, I'm sure you've heard since you've taken this fight on, you've heard from other constituents and other people in the, in the state of Kansas who, who, who are cheering you on and saying, Hey, this is a problem we're having too. Yeah, definitely. Um, a good friend in a rural area of the community, she goes to a childcare, um, in home childcare, and she says she's not regulated. But she doesn't care, right? She she runs a good ship. She was regulated for a long time until it became just too much work for this provider to be regulated. And so, um, you know, but it's interesting then when we want to we talk about kind of this black market of child care, right? It's, it's way easier for people to run the business without being registered with the state. Um, but then there's a lot of that happening and people aren't willing to say who they are because they don't want to get in trouble. Um, so, you know, the idea of safety keeps coming up and keep kind of keeps getting pushed back. And we say, well, how safe is safe? You know, how safe is your, if your 
bringing your kid with you to meetings and they're going over the neighbor's house that may or may not have electrical outlets plugged up, you know, all of those different things. Um, so you just, you have to be reasonable. We've also heard from some of our, um, in my, in my community, one of our biggest employers, a hospital that runs a very large daycare. Um, and they, when they're looking at creating a director role, they could add a hundred childcare slots and they're having to wait almost two years for this person that has a master's degree, that has experience to get all the right qualifications to be able to help run that childcare. So a lot of it too had to do with qualifications to be able to see the, oversee the children or run in kind of those leadership capacities at some of our larger centers. So, so let me back up just a second. So you're telling me that in the state of Kansas, uh, under this, under this law that, that was there before you came, you both came along. If, if I'm a neighbor or my kid's a friend of, of another kid and his parents want to watch me for 48 hours or two days or something, the government says that they can't do that. As, as long as it's um, more than 20 hours a week, yes, the government would say that's illegal and you should not do that. Un- unregulated child care. The government wants to know where your kids are at, who's watching your kids, and whether or not they believe it's safe. <laughs> I, I wonder how this ever got, I mean, maybe you know how this got passed. I mean, I can't imagine le- like, what legislators would vote for a law that, that would do that and restrict freedom of, uh, you know, just kind of freedom of association uh, on this. Well, Jeff, we, we ask ourselves a lot of times, how in the world did this get passed? Um, yeah. So I think it's probably one of those moments where you get a massive bill with a lot of things thrown into it. I mean, we have providers who are faced uh, just overburdensome regulations every day. I and mean, we have providers who are required in the state of Kansas to put a toothbrush in a child's mouth after every snack or every meal. And I mean, can you imagine you're watching eight kids and you, you have a snack, you put a toothbrush in every kid's mouth. I mean, talk about a choking hazard if you ask me or, Sure. You know, germs uh, galore share each other's toothbrush, but it's just, uh, you know, it's just some things like that where you're just like, where is the common sense? I mean, what happened to common sense? Who wrote this? So, yeah, that's yeah. just a few examples of everyday struggles for child care providers in Kansas. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you that, and I'll start with you, uh, Senator Blasey. The, what about child care providers? I'm sure that you're hearing from them. What have they told you about some of these other regulations? I'm sure that's being stuff like that's being rolled up into your legislation, right? You know, in Kansas, we are um, we have some urban centers, but we also, uh, mostly, our, most of our state is very rural. And so we know that uh, since the beginning of our state's beginnings, people have uh, pulled themselves up by the bootstraps to figure out their own solutions for their problems. And what the state has done is they've created so many regulations that have put home-based childcare, which is what has always been traditionally the childcare model for, for everyone, uh, if you're not working, if your parents are working, they should find a neighbor or someone they know and trust, someone in the community at a home daycare-based facility. But the state of Kansas is trying to drive all those people out of business and have government centers ran every corner of the state. They want, ideally, is to have a child that is born, put them in a government child care center. It's funded by the government child care or government. And then they go through the process and they get kindergarten and they go to this local school and they go to the school system from K to 12. So what Kansas is really trying to do is push birth through 12 um, education. That's what they're trying to frame it as, is early child education. But that's what they're really driving here. And so what they're doing is these regulations are driving hundreds of home daycare providers out of business. They can't, they can't meet the regulation requirements. It's unaffordable. 
And so that's what they're really trying to do. And, and unfortunately, it's working. And so today, in Kansas, we see there's thousands of less spots for Kansas children, especially in our rural areas because of these regulations. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, and, and it's really, we talk about government control, and that's that's a great example of it, right? Just trying to freeze them out. And we've seen it in K through 12 education, but it sounds like uh, here, this is trying to even go down to down to the day you're born. Uh, Senator O'Shea, how would, uh, I guess it's Senate Bill 282. I think I've got the bill number right. How does that help families, but also child care providers? Yeah, there's three components that were really large in that. One, in Kansas, our infant to, to staff or child care provider ratio is one to three. So you don't make money on infants. The only reason some child care centers have infants is because it's an automatic pipeline into the one-year-old class. Um, so we are one of two other of the strictest states on that. So we just proposed, hey, move it one to four, um, which goes along with about 60% of the other states. Um, so how do we know it's safe? Because majority of the other states are doing it. Um, so increasing that infant ratio just a little bit. Um, next, we allowed for if someone has a PhD or they've had a master's of special education, working in schools, um, they then can carry that experience into the child care arena, which before, no, you had to have worked at that child care center or had a specific child care degree. Um, so there just wasn't a lot of flexibility in terms of the professionals that could be watching a child. If your center moved from 50 kids to 51 kids, all of a sudden the top person wasn't allowed to step into the classroom. So we don't tell schools that the principal can't substitute in a classroom, right? But that's what was happening. Um, the last component of this bill that was pretty large was um, the professional development hours. So those have ex continued to exceed and exceed. They're up to 16 hours and they're very prescriptive. So they have to be certain continuing ed. And we were hearing from a lot of providers that have said, I've done this class every year for the last 20 years. It's a waste of my time. I have to do this on a Saturday or take time off, right? Send kids home with their parents. Um, so just kind of burdensome professional development where I think if we said, hey, you pick the professional development that you think is going to do the best for your company and for your profession and, and let them have some freedom around that. It, it, it's amazing. Uh, I think these would make radically change uh, this, and I'm sure there's other things you can do as well, but it it sounds like you have looked uh, at at other states and what they're doing, and it seems like child care seems to be working in many of the other forty nine states in America. So I was, how does Kansas rank? I guess I'll ask each of you. How does Kansas rank with regard to you know safety and child care facilities and things like that versus other states? I, I assume it's comparable. Well, I would just say, you know, that's what the great thing about our country is every state does things differently and you learn uh, from each other's successes and failures. And you know, this is an issue that has been around for a long, long time. And Kansas, for some reason, the last five to 10 years thought it's a great idea to place some of the strictest regulations and rules in the books, which has had a very adverse effect for our state, which has really hurt our um, child care industry and just options for parents. And so now looking at other states, like Senator Shea said, look, if it's so dangerous, then why is Kansas, you know, um, why, why are other states following Kansas' lead and making even more regulation, bringing more stringent rules? Right. So 
fascinating right. about this nation. We're, we're learning other states to say, this is just crazy. What are we doing? we got to loosen these things and, and um, create more options for parents. Right. And, and allow for the, the child care in-home or center-based child care to, you know, they're business owners. They know what they're doing. We can trust that they're going to make good decisions about the safety of the children. We don't have to be overseeing them so tightly. Um, so. Yeah. It, and let me ask you, Senator O'Shea, I mean, I assume you have, and I hope you have this answer. I don't want to put you on the spot. If you, if you don't, that's okay. I mean, are there other states that are, that are a lot less regulated that are doing this right and, and still obviously protecting children, but giving parents the opportunity and, and, and a variety of options. Are there other states that are kind of models in this area? Um, we've certainly seen that there's a lot of other states that are um, have a lot more loose um, options. And yeah, you're not, you're not seeing headlines about more children deaths or anything like that. And so that's sure. what, that's what I think is important is you always want safety to be number one, but you can loosen the locks a little bit and still have safety. Right. Right. Senator Blasey, the, 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 this bill was introduced last year, this, uh, the same bill, what happened last year? So the, uh, Senator O'Shea and I introduced this bill last, uh, last session, mid session, had the hearings, all the, all the, uh, educrats and the governor who's a Democrat here in the state of Kansas came out saying that we do not um, support child safety or care about the safety of children, which is just insane since the two of us have young children. Um, I mean, I think parents know what's best for their children and we need to ensure power, parents are empowered. So we had this bill, had a hearing, it went through the, pro the legislative process, it passed the Senate and then went over the House, the House passed it, and then ultimately ended up on the governor's desk and Governor Laura Kelly vetoed that legislation. And unfortunately we were just a few votes short from an override um, again, our governor and, and some members on the left will not be happy until the government is raising our children from birth to 12, 12th grade. So that's ultimately what their goal is here. They think that's the answer. Um, so we unfortunately didn't get across the finish line last year, but we're going to continue to look at ideas and, and explore options of what we can do to help alleviate this, this crisis for parents and children. Yeah. Now you, uh, you're looking at introducing a new bill this year. Uh, tell us some of the things this new bill would look at at changing as well? Well, you know, so last year's bill did touch so many different things, which Senator O'Shea kind of alluded to in uh, her earlier comments. So we're trying to maybe focus more narrow and be more focused on exactly what can we target that is just so outlandish and see what we can get done. And one of the rules is what I mentioned earlier, which is it's illegal for someone who's not your blood relative to wash your children um, after, after more than 20 hours. It just it just seems crazy to me if your neighbor's retired and you're in crisis and you can't find childcare, but yet you want to go to work. And, and you need um, someone to wash your kid, you trust your neighbor, you've known them forever, why couldn't they wash your kid for them during the week if they're willing to do it? I mean, you know your neighbor. You, you should be empowered to make the decision that's best for you and your family and your situation. And so what this what this bill will do is try to just be more focused on exactly what we target and see if we can get that across the finish line. Yeah. I, honestly, I'd trust my neighbor more than I trust my government <laughs> when it comes to what taking in my kids and, and watching after them. I would assume uh, is Americans for Prosperity helping on this uh, this bill and, and changing. I hope that they are. Yeah, they absolutely are. I think they're always about trusting the business and decreasing regulation. I mean, it regulation is that barrier for the business owner. It's a barrier for the parent. 
Um, you're seeing more parents say it's not worth it to try to find childcare or pay for childcare. So then they're leaving the workforce. And I think that's notable specifically if you think in most families, it's mom. Um, and most nurses or teachers are moms and you're seeing them leave the workforce like crazy and a big, big reasons childcare. So yeah, we, we have appreciated AFP's perspective on less government regulation and helping us with these bills. And, and they've been a partner as well as numerous um, business groups like the Chamber of Commerce um, and, others, and other groups. And in fact, we have, new, we have tons of providers who are also on our side helping us advocate for change because the other, our opponents to the bill have, have said, well, you two aren't providers, so what do you know? They, they, have, you know, we have, they say, you, have, you don't deserve a seat at the table. We are the ones that run the rules. We're the bureaucrats, and we're the ones that have child, early childhood education degrees, so therefore we know best, and we should determine the rules. And, and that's the mentality we've been battling here in Kansas. Um, but you know, as young parents and, and business-minded folks who own business and stuff, we, we, have, we deserve a seat at the table, too. We, we know what Kansas families and Kansas businesses are, are um, struggling with right now, and that is just lack of access to child care. Yeah, you deserve actually as parents and as legislators, you deserve the seat at the head of the table, not not uh, just a seat at the table. That's that paternalistic attitude that many uh, bureaucrats, quite frankly, have. We've seen it in K through 12 education. That, hey, we know best. We know best what's best for your kids. So, you know, parents, you parents, don't don't worry about it. That That's got to end. And it is ending, I think, across America in K through 12 education. But that's what you're. Uh, confronting here is somebody just because they work for because they've been working for a government agency for 20 years that somehow qualifies them to decide what child care should look like in Kansas. I don't think that's what our founding fathers intended. I think that when they set up representative government, they expected people like you, the, the two of you as senators and representatives of the citizens to actually be the ones sitting at the head of the table and making those decisions. Any thoughts on that? I think you're spot on. I mean, can you imagine if we only allowed accountants to decide tax policy or or nurses to decide healthcare policy? I mean, it would be or, or, or lawyers decide our laws. Oh, wait a minute, we do that already. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. No, you're exactly right. So I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, this is a representative government, and we should. You know, we were elected to do um, for by someone who trusts us to do the job. So therefore, we certainly do deserve a, a seat at the table. At the head of the table, mind you. Um, as we create policy. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's spot on. Yeah, our job is to listen to constituents, to listen to businesses, to listen to the needs of the community, and then respond to that. And if, if government's not responding, then it's our job to push. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible to me that somebody whose job depends on, you know, more government sponsored daycare facilities they're probably not the best person to be able to make that decision. It's probably someone who represents the citizens of Kansas. That's just my thought. Well, Senator, uh, the, both senators, thank you both for joining us. We appreciate you and appreciate you doing the great work on this. And I hope other states look at what you're doing. This could be model legislation in other places. Well, I appreciate your time and thank you for allowing us the opportunity to share our story and, and hopefully we can get this across the finish line. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, listen, I mean, this is a, such a great example. We talk about this all the time. All these government-created barriers that are put in the way of people. And, you know, people just live their lives. These two senators, their constituents are out there just living their lives and struggling to to to, to make ends meet and, and, and make it all fit together and get their kids daycare. And the government is is messing it up. And so 
thankfully, we have good legislators like this who are out there making a difference. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching and listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, As always, contact me, Jeff, at AmericanPotential.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com. 